Hey, welcome to STS. This is a show about all things parkour and the culture around it. We like to think that these conversations are the type that you wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. Today we talk about the importance of beans. We also get into how the UK is the biggest scene in the world and whether or not that is going to stay that way. And more on the UK, we also talked about whether or not there is a pure style athlete training out of the UK. Please remember to like, subscribe, leave a comment below, and without any further ado, let's get into the conversation. You got your serving of beans. That was a terrible intro. I know, right? All right, we'll jump, we'll jump straight into it then. I did, I got a full serving of beans, and I saw Homesick. Did you also see full serving? I don't think I did. Okay. But I watched Homesick, and that's their new video. It's a 25 minute video piece. And uh, we promised basically last week that we'd talk about it because I didn't see it and you did watch it last week. So I watched it last night and uh, I guess we can talk about it now. All right. So were you what did i say last week did i did i overall like it or did i just kind of i didn't really get into it i don't think we really got into it i think a big part of it was just like we didn't want to start discussing it because i hadn't seen it yet Mm. but we did talk a lot about like bean style and um yeah basically that it that it's become its own style and it's uh that's yeah. That's all right. basically all, all right. we talked about. Yeah. All right. I didn't go back and like listen to our last SCS episode. Yeah, so I think I no overall idea. I said I I enjoyed the watch. It was good. You know, the video has good vibes. It's kind of an old school vibe. Probably don't have much reason personally to watch again. Although I would like to see Josh Malone's parts because they really stand out in a couple of click signs yeah, as let's, well. Let's stop for a second. All right. Let's stop for a second and just appreciate how freaking good Josh Malone is. My goodness. Like, mm-hmm. one thing that is notable is that there are, there's like a clear like separation in like level. Within the Beans Within members? Within the Beans crew, mm-hmm. yeah. But and, I mean, that would be like any, because how many were there at the end? And I also still don't know like yeah. name to face. Yeah, for a bunch I, bunch of them. I'm in the same boat. And, and that's actually one criticism I have of the film is that it says, like, Egg was, like, the main filmer editor, mm-hmm. but also Josh Malone and Ross Allen and uh, one other character. But, like, I, I, want it, I want a name to every face that's in it, and I don't get that. So that's one thing that I felt like was just missing. Like, it would have been nice to have that as a credit. Uh, either, um, yeah, either at the end or even at the beginning would is that's always really nice when uh, when there's like a credit in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So then I can like then associate every line with some character that's in it. And I need to stop you quickly Go. before we before we get into the full critique analysis, whatever. Yeah. So we keep doing this, and I keep telling you I want to stop talking about videos. Well, you, you, you want to stop but, talking about like like being critical and, and well, it's critiquing. not okay. So I think we both agreed that um, parkour a lot of times, particularly parkour online, is sometimes just a big positivity void 
of, of every, you know, you just like stuff and then that's, that's kind of the end of it. And then there's private conversations happening about what people actually, how they really feel. And we're just trying to have a real conversation here as we do. Um, but for, for videos in general, I just said, but for, um, <laughs> what's a, but for, <laughs> for pooping, oh, nice. uh, for videos in general, I think we're, we're just never going to get like the, the five out of five critically acclaimed, you know, parkour video, because at the end of the day, it's just people that specialize in parkour are trying to put together media pieces and they're always going to kind of miss stuff. But I'll let you kind of get back to what you're, what you're well, saying. So with... th that critique is most, mm. is literally just for audience in that I want to know who the characters are. Yeah. And I, I, as, as well, like there's a couple of, there's the one kid in there who has like the half, half hot, half cold hairdo. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> That That's I'd one like way to, know. to describe it. <laughs> if you're a, a My Hero Academia fan, I think that that kid from Bean looks like Shoto. Uh, I don't understand this from... reference, so <laughs> somebody in the comments understand it for me. Yeah, I think that should be his parkour name, but Shoto. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, let's um, yeah, let's tell me more more of your thoughts. Yeah. So okay. So well, he, we haven't even really gotten into my thoughts at all, other than mm. that. I want to associate names mm -hmm. to faces, and Josh Malone is a hero. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay, so the, and we, we briefly touched on this earlier before we started recording. Mm -hmm. I actually, I, well, first of all, I thought I, I, thought I was going to, uh, I thought, I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. Uh, the video was, it was, because literally a 25-minute video seems like this is going to be a beast of a watch and I'm going to get mm -hmm. bored. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say there was no boring parts, but there was a lot of good personality and character that was in the, uh, in the video, which I think is often lacking in many parkour videos. And so it was entertaining from that perspective. But also what I think... My impression after watching it is what they are doing, the style of beans, is so important for style in parkour. And, yeah, and this is the thing that you said earlier that actually kind of surprised me, but I also somewhat agree. But for, for our audience, if you want to elaborate on that. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So a lot of historically what style has become over the course of the last, you know, 15, 20 years of parkour, uh, it's, be, it's been very much a, especially when it comes to like competition lines, it's been, it's become very much like a vertical progression um, of skills. And there's been some borrowing of ideas from other sports, but the 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 base of parkour has been uh, or the base of style parkour has been very much like vertically vertically progressed right so it's like at some point fulls were the standard and then if you could do fulls then it was just like well let's move into the frontier of double fulls now if you can't do a double full it's you're like not particularly good at style right uh so you're very subpar. So now the new frontier is triples. 
So triples, like now people are hitting triples really consistently. And now we, we, we're seeing uh, Sei Asakura hitting quadruple cork, right? Um, so, so the four is the new frontier that we're looking at in terms of twisting. And we see that, we've seen that a lot. We've seen that same with, uh, with rotations, right? So like double flyaway used to be a really hard skill. And now people are like hitting triple flyaway, which is still one people. One people? Ellis, I think. Well, is the he's the only one that's done it onto a hard surface. Hmm. Uh, but several people have done it onto sand. Um, yeah. And okay, but like obviously adding more rotations is diff more difficult than adding more twists. But anyway, the idea is that it's a lot of vertical progression that's happening. And a lot of, I guess, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I've seen over the course of my tenure as a parkour athlete, coach, competition organizer is that there's a lot of traditionalism in style. So we see things like, base, like normal axis flips, like palm flip, wall flip. You've got a little bit of off axis where we borrow from tricking but for the most part, we're seeing a lot of gymnastic style moves that are applied in parkour-like environments. And so that has been the traditional approach to style for over a decade, uh, or certainly longer than, than, than that. And now what Beans is doing is they're really pushing that horizontal progression of borrowing outside of the standards flip-based sports that we already have borrowed from, like tricking and gymnastics. They're looking into rollerblading and skiing, and they're doing really different access skills, and they're applying them in really unique and creative ways. You know, and it's not just grabs, it's not just being off axis, it's mixing it in really interestingly applied environments. And so what I think they're doing is super important for the development of style and parkour because they're bringing a fresh perspective into the world of style as, uh, and they're, they're literally like pioneering this new style of, of movement. And some of it we're going to see, we're going to look back at in five years and be like, yeah, that was dumb. But some of it we're going to be like, this is the new standard. And if you can't do a skill like this, then you're not good at style parkour. Yeah, I, I can think of a lot of traditional parkour moves or just twists on pieces in parkour that looked dumb the first time someone applied it or didn't look like it would go anywhere and now it's it's a huge thing. Yeah. I don't want to get off on a tangent there of yeah, examples, yeah. but <laughs> but I think if, if uh, any any old heads listening think about that, there's there's tons of tons of examples. But to uh, just to play, uh, play devil's advocate, I guess, on your, your point there, even though I, I pretty much agree, um, why is this different to you than borrowing from tricking? Because tricking has a lot of off-access stuff. You even have just different ways of rotating sideways. Like a side flip isn't really even tricking, but you have double leg, you have like a parafuso, mm -hmm. you even have like 540s and things like that that are uh, UFOs that can go on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the, the reason why is because the relationship between parkour and tricking is older, much older, right? To yeah. the point where, where it's, uh, it's really normal to borrow from tricking. And we haven't, you know, th and there's people who, you know, 
there's people who do a lot of tricking influence parkour, um, but that's not new, right? It's been, it's, it's old news. The reason why it's different is because this is a really fresh perspective on how to move that it hasn't been present for the last, you know, two decades. We have like, so <laughs> the one, the one criticism I have of the bean style is that it's, it's so like rollerblading influenced that they do things like switch walking, mm -hmm. which if you don't know what switch walking is, it's basically when you land backwards and then you continue walking backwards as if you were, you had wheels on your feet. And so I still think that's kind of weird and silly. Um, but I would actually say the, vi the video homesick when it was done, some, some of it was like kind of silly, but some of it was like, okay, yeah, like that's not, that's not too like, shameful <laughs> I, okay so the the reason why i think it looks weird is because it you grew up in the 90s right yeah <laughs> do you remember freestyle walking yeah okay it reminds me of freestyle walking and mm. which was a joke mm -hmm. it was a whole joke originally and everybody and i actually remember early on when when i was doing parkour people would be mm. like oh you're skateboarding without skateboarding you're doing freestyle walking and it's like no, that's lame. <laughs> what I'm doing is so much cooler than that, which it, it really wasn't that much cooler, but it was cool. It was, it was a little bit cooler, but anyway, that's the problem I have with it is it looks like freestyle walking and it almost looks like a little bit of a joke on parkour. Mm. Um, but that's not to take away from the, the, the bulk of what beans is doing is very creative and I think is the next frontier in the style realm of parkour. Mm. The, the other thing that just came to mind too is the uh, breakdancing or dance in general influence that when that was first introduced, I, I, I was not down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm thinking there was, there was actually an American guy that put out a video back in the, I'm trying to remember his name. He put out a video and it was like one beam in a in a in a gym like okay. in a gymnasium. It had yeah. one beam and he did he linked together. It wasn't he's not the one that pioneered it because I still think he was boring from like Jason Paul and countless others. But it was you know palm spin into uh, sit turn or whatever you want to call it into lazy vault and just just kind of twirling about one structure and then he had this def these defensive titles at the end of the video saying um, a f I can't remember, something like an old French guy didn't teach me this because it was basically this counter message against the the purity of parkour yeah and it came out just immediately like defending it and a lot of people really liked the video at the time, probably like if you showed it to me now, I'd probably be like, oh yeah, that's cool. But at the time I just hated it. And I was very, very not for like any sort of like dance influence on parkour at the time. And I think just over time I've, I've opened up a lot more to just any sort of potential there. Um, because then also you have uh, Jason Paul who's been very much trying to do like a breakdancing influence, which again, when he starts actually doing footwork mid parkour line it gets really weird for me 
And that's, that's the thing where I think he is also, you could say just like, just like the Beans fellas, he's also bringing in another, another sport, another, uh, another art form of, of, of b-boying into, into parkour, into style. It just gets a bit too far when, because I think doing any sort of top rock or footwork midline is exactly like switch watching, switch walking, which by the way, because uh, I know Dom sometimes picks up this, and I'm actually curious what Dom thinks of that because he hates the switch walking and he hates a lot of the moves they do, but he loves, seems to love everything that Jason throws. I mean, mind you, part of the same team and everything like that, but I see it as very much the same thing where it's like, cool, borrow a bunch, and then it kind of gets, all right, now we're getting a little bit... I don't know, maybe, maybe one day we could have this conversation again, just like I'm saying, I, I didn't like the dance influence at first, and then I really started to like some ideas that came from it. Uh, I don't know if, if I'll ever like switch walking, or yeah. if I'll ever like seeing basically like a six step midline, you know, a six step like on the floor, like midline, that kind of stuff. Eh, not, I'm, I'm, I've said this a million times on probably on this, this pod, but I'm a big fan of uh in any realm of parkour or anything within the circle that that covers ground i'm a big fan of covering ground onto the next structure onto the next <laughs> obstacle use the spot not just um repeatedly doing moves on the same structure that we see in a lot of style lines yeah i mean and and to be fair a lot of what beans does is cover ground right like not always sometimes it's just mm. like one-off skills or or you know things along those lines, but but sometimes they're covering ground and they're doing some really interesting ways of doing that. But I like what you said about like it was this guy's video where he was doing. I'm some... surprised. See, I thought I thought you would have it. Someone someone in the comments I... is gonna know exactly what I'm talking about when I'm talking about this this video because it was probably like a 2010ish yeah uh, edit that came out. I remember I I remember the video you're talking about. I remember there was like a whole like thing at the end of it. Yeah. But but it, it, one more question. Sorry, sorry. One more question. If you're if you're a commenter on this, let me know uh, the gentleman's name <laughs> that did that video and if he still practices. Okay. All right. Because I don't know either. Of those I'm gonna things. make my point now. All right. Go. <laughs> I love I love uh, the thing I love about beans is that they are a countercultural movement within the counterculture <laughs> of parkour right like they and they seemingly like being like almost making fun of the fact that they're that they're making fun of like traditional parkour in what they're doing do you think that's the intention i think partly yeah like it's to it's to get people who are really into the traditional parkour side mm -hmm. of things to get them t to like get uh, what's a what's a term that I want to use there uh, to rile them up. Like uh, Josh Malone posted a video a few I don't know like months ago mm -hmm. where he was doing some k kind of like a like a freestyle walking line in like a natural setting so there's oh, like that was trees. more than a couple months that was like a right, year ago right, but, a year but ago. i know what you're talking about yeah. okay so he's like and he's like switch walking he's doing stuff that's like not hard at all mm -hmm. and like looks silly definitely doesn't look like what you would 
consider parkour. And he hashtagged parkour. And then there was people in the comments like, don't you ever call this parkour? Like, what are you doing? And, and, and I think they, I think they kind of are into that. I think they're into getting people poking, up, poking the bear, poking the bear, the getting people upset at, at it, and and then calling it parkour too. Yeah. Question is, am I the bear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you definitely look like one. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's that's something that I think is is a is a fun element to what what beans is mm-hmm. and what they're doing. Um, but I just want to go back to the video really mm-hmm. quick. Because, so you, you were telling me, I can't remember if we talked about this last week, but you were talking about that, like in, they had sections of the video and you, like bump was one of the sections where it was basically a playground bump. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and it's just like a fun session where they're just doing a bunch of little creative things. And you were like, that's like, that was like not your favorite part of it. Yeah, I want to say real quick on that. I wonder if, uh, so, it's... I wonder, I wonder, I'm trying to interpret art here and I'm trying to see what the vision was. I wonder if part of the vision there was showing the progression of ideas. Because when I say some of this stuff looked easy to me, were those actually preps for things? I would have to watch again. I don't just, think it's... I've only watched it once. I don't think it's the progression of ideas. Mm-hmm. I think it's the exploration of ideas. Mm-hmm. Because it's a relatively uh, you know, low consequence spot. It's soft flooring. And they're just playing around with different ideas and they're just taking turns at it. And I think that's what was cool about it. Like, it wasn't an exciting part to watch, but there was like moments in that part where it was like, oh, huh, that was like an interesting way to move your body. Um, And I found that I was looking back at a lot of, or I was watching the video and I had that perspective a lot where I was like, Mm -hmm. huh, that's an interesting way to like, artistically creatively like do something in a space yeah i guess a lot of it to me when i see that type of setting it just it looks like okay this could also be spring floor with foam box sure and and it just becomes like less less parkour the more you go into that that realm where it's but this this video isn't intended to be like let's showcase all of our highest level Mm-hmm. stuff although there is some of that which in i guess i guess is what lowers my my hype and lowers some of my appreciation for the video as a whole right and it's like cool if it's not for me it's not for me uh, if uh i think i just i said la- last uh, week is like if you're into the vibe and stuff there's like a good vibe from the video it's, it's a it's a fun watch in some ways you might get some ideas if you're into that sort of thing i think if you're who like I don't know a store or um, or a Tim Champion like you might watch it and just I, I don't get it you know because because they're probably looking for what's you know what's what's the groundbreaking thing being done done here. There is groundbreaking stuff in the video though. Yeah, like there's very much groundbreaking mm-hmm. stuff. Like th- um, before I had watched it, Ollie showed me a clip from it where Josh does a side half across a gap and then he does this crazy flip out of it that is not tricking but not part like not historically associated with parkour and it's just like that 
to me is like a groundbreaking move because he combined two things that seemingly don't fit together and never have fit together ever in the history of mm-hmm. moving your body. And so, so yeah, like, like there is groundbreaking stuff in it, but there's also the, those, those pieces of like, we're exploring these ideas. And while like in this part bump, you might not see a fully fleshed out idea but you're seeing like their part of their process and like learning new things. And it's just, Hey guys, let's surround, let's play on this bump, take turns playing on the bump. Everybody goes in and just try mm-hmm. something different on it. Um, and maybe that's not explicitly stated, but that's the spontaneity of like a parkour session or a beans session or whatever we're calling it. Right. Cause, but like you said, this isn't made, for the Tim Champions and the Storers out there. It's not made for the Renee Scavingtons and probably not made for me either because I'm not gonna go out and start exploring this, these mm-hmm. ideas, but, um, but it is made for the people who are like potentially more interested in exploring other ways of Well, I, I like that you mentioned uh, uh, Ollie, uh, who's uh, ankle healing. <laughs> uh, I like that you mentioned you know, someone like him because I think that's 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 what's cool is if you have uh, a young athlete who can potentially also pick up on some of this stuff and learn it yeah and and you well, know, go go whatever way with it because i wonder if you know when we think five years from now or ten ten years from now let's say ten years from now and you know we're going through our, our parkour history is is beans going to be a chapter because that exists in in other um, in other sports where you have certain certain towns, certain groups, or whatever that start to do something a different way, and then it influences the entire the yeah. entire sport. I think yes, definitely they will be in the chapter in the book of parkour as a chapter. Um, and you mentioned or you brought you brought up Ollie again, mm-hmm. but. This is kind of like what I was talking about when we talked about Jaden Harris's video, Maximum Effort, mm-hmm. which was that I, I was like, yeah, like he's doing, he's going super vertical with his progression, but I want to see him go horizontal. I want him to, I want him to hang out with Bean's crew for like, mm-hmm. and train with them for just like a little while. So he gets like a, a more differentiated perspective outside of like, let me see if I can hit double gates and triple fulls and standing double backs and stuff like that. Right. Um, and like, like there are moves that like Jaden Harris or like more traditional style athletes do that are horizontal progression. Mm-hmm. And, and an, an example of that is like a flip precision, right? That's not necessarily taking like, like adding more flip, more rotations or more twists to a skill. It's like it's taking this same basic skill and then applying it to a, a new environment or a different type of environment. Um, Until it becomes further flip precision. Yeah, and, and then you have to add, yeah, and then you have to like do it off axis or something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, or land on something different or apply it in a different scenario. But, uh, um, but yeah, like I just, I just, I, I like what they're doing and um, I'm not sold on everything. I think some some things that are coming out of the the Beans crew are just like, ah, oh, that's 
that seems silly or like, but that's gonna happen when you're exploring new ideas. You're gonna stumble across things that you might think are cool, but everyone else thinks is stupid. Um, and then, you know, maybe you continue down that road or maybe you just throw it away. But what I think is important is that they are a collective of people who are all into that, the type of uh, skill set that they're all developing. And so it kind of doesn't matter that if, every, if everyone else hates on them. Mm-hmm. Because eventually they're going to get so good that you can't, they can't be ignored. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's Josh Malone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, can we jump, jump topics here? Absolutely. Hey, sorry for the interruption. We hope that you're enjoying the conversation and getting some concepts and things that you wouldn't get anywhere else. STS is now ad free and we would really, really appreciate it if you share it with someone, anyone out there you think might enjoy it. Also drop us a like, leave us a comment. And without further ado, let's get back to today's episode. So we're going to not only jump topics, we're going to jump, we're going to jump across the pond. Okay. It's another part of the world. And then we're, we're going to kind of weave our way back, I think, today. Okay, let's do there's, there's a couple overlap with some topics. But recently, and we spoke about this last week, uh, I still did not get pronunciation on his name, but I'm going to go with Adam Dory, put out some challenges, and Lord Travis Furkey went out and he got one in Sheffield. And then recently in the past week, he put out a vlog where he it shows like some of the other ones that he's attempted and thank god he showed some i was gonna say that he's human <laughs> i was looking for the single single word there but oh, that he's yeah. human uh because the first challenge i think he looks at in the vlog is uh he's like oh it's too wet and slippy here because here i was thinking after seeing these two kongs that he put out that he just it goes in and runs that stuff even if it's slick and somehow manages to to pull out amazing feats. Says, but there is a limit it's, to the conditions apparently. It's the importance of like seeing the background and like why vlogs I think are so important in parkour yeah. is that there's so much that we see on Instagram that we're just like are you kidding me? Like mm-hmm. how is that possible? But with a vlog, you get to understand the context behind it. So, yeah. if you haven't seen, because uh, the t- Berkey's uh, two recent vlogs are both really good watches. They're pretty short. They're about ten minutes a piece. And the first one, you get to see the bounce back of that that gnarly Kong Prix he does, where where he fails, he does a bounce back off it, and it's it's gross. And then he still sends it again. And then in this one, he goes through all the challenges. Another one that he didn't complete, but he went for was was rail to rail Kong with the crazy drop, like four story drop, over the land. Yeah, like for the if you don't want to overshoot it, basically. Yeah. And overshoot is is uh, very bad news. But uh, um, yeah, well, it seemed like the one that he achieved, he just kind of ran at it, mm-hmm. and it was clearly wet. Well, he does the he does the standing pre, and they say it's not that big. And so I'm curious, okay, what's not that big? Is it because we think about uh, IMAX two, for example, the gap is it's it's an eight foot gap. So when I say when I just say eight feet, eight feet is not a big gap. Like in terms of a standing jump, a lot of people can jump an eight foot gap, and so it's not that big. And it looks like he just very easily jumps across it. And so I'm wondering how it it, it looks like it's a little bit up, 
but I wonder up from so Kong and then you're going up a bit and then he uh, he step vaults out of it and I wonder if the challenge was supposed to be Kong pre or if it was just Kong to get to the other yeah, side. Yeah, I was I was wondering that too, but he celebrates as if he did win. Yeah. Well, depending on who you're talking challenge. to, the step vault would be harder or easier. Because I think way it, scarier to stick it. Yeah, I, I think the step vault keeps it. But he didn't he didn't do like an overshoot bounce. No, do you know what I mean? He just he went straight to step vault, so that was interesting. And then it was just one and one and done. Yeah. Other other notable star of the video is Joe Scandrit, who absolutely should have his own freaking vlog. I think I was talking this earlier, and I think uh, Joe Scandrit and Tim Champion are two guys out there right now that, to me, and I know to you as well, are incredibly entertaining on video whenever a camera's in their face. And if they could just, if there's just a parkour nerd out there that wants to partner with them and do all the vlogging and editing parts, it would happen and it needs to happen because that would be, either one of those would kick off a really successful YouTube channel if they just had a person to do that side of the work for them and they could just be the face and then they split whatever, you know, comes <laughs> for the success of the channel. Yeah. Make it happen. Yeah, Some, I, I, would watch, I would watch Joe vlogs. Yeah. My goodness. Super entertaining. Every every video project he's been a part of, he's mm -hmm. been not only like entertaining to watch from a movement perspective, but mm -hmm. entertaining to watch from a personality perspective. And so, yeah, I think he would do really well with a vlog on YouTube. People would watch it. Do you also see that that Farang is together right now? They are, yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna get another see, but another Farang piece, another another Joe Scandrit show stealing piece, most likely. See, it's just it's too bad that Farang is so like internationally dispersed because if there was if if one of them lived in the same country or you know city as Joe Scandrit, I think it would make sense to do a vlog. Yeah. A Farang vlog. Uh, but okay, so we're talking about uh, Verky's vlog mm -hmm. where he achieved one of the bounties, right? Um, and then it also showed him going for the rail to rail Kong and bouncing it a bunch. And so he didn't achieve that. And it, it, I think it was pretty clear that. And he was pretty clear in what he was when what he was saying was that he he doesn't think it was actually on. Like he was able to commit to both feet on the on the bounce, but he was like, nah, like it's not gonna happen. So I mean, it's interesting because you know that he can physically make that distance, but mm -hmm. it was purely a mental element that's holding him back. Yeah. Yeah, and it's likely there's not a lot of other people that could do it. So I wonder. If he's gonna go back, they kind of alluded to it in the vlog. Of the, like Joe's like trying to like talk him up, like, oh yeah, you know, like this was a really good session. You know, you got like you got a lot of like information from it. So like for the next time, it's gonna be easier to go for. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that would even be an amazing like we're talking about a, a Joe Scandrit show essentially. But even even. Uh, I don't know. It seems like they get along really well, and it's it's kind of almost. Um, well, Joe wasn't really training; he was just there for support. But yeah. he seems like a great support yeah. for Verky. So I've heard that I've heard that he's like awesome to train with 
from seems like it everyone yeah at like people on, on other podcasts i think a store podcast mm-hmm. they were talking about how like he's so great to to train with because he just mm-hmm. like builds everybody up and his he's got like an infectious personality that pulls everybody into the to the session yeah but i'm just i'm just tired of the joe features you know it's like i i want cuz he's yeah. featured on ed scott's vlog featured on uh, Verky's vlog featured on store. You just want the spin off to happen. Yeah, I just want the, the Joe show. Yeah. Uh, the Joe somebody, show. Somebody make it happen. Joe show. If you're watching this, Joe, make a show. <sighs> I don't think you watch this. No. <laughs> but potentially. If we put his name in the title, mm. he might watch it. Yeah. The Joe, Scan- the Joe Scandrit show. The Joe show. The Joe show. Yeah. All right. All right, let's but, uh, talk about let's stop talking about the Joe show because it doesn't exist. <laughs> well, okay, so it doesn't exist, but we're just listing off names here. And one of the other things that just kind of, you know, I'm watching this this vlog and I'm thinking, we're and we just listed off a bunch of names, and I realize we're at another peak, and it's been a peak for a while, but we're at another peak for the UK scene. I think there was a point where people it was a popular idea that the UK scene had died and this is kind of like maybe like the 2015 era where people felt like 2010 was like the golden era and there seemed like there were so many groups and teams and stuff happening in, in, in the UK and then it dipped and then now it's just like holy crap there's so many talents and so many names there and I wondered if another part of the world would ever surpass that or if the future of parkour and the biggest scene and kind of like the parkour capital of the world is always going to be the uk or even you could even go a bit step further and just say england so this is just kind of an open question i don't know if if because uh, I, I i sent this question to you and i, I don't know if yeah. you give it some thought yet well i think england is so well positioned be- to be just like always the the cat the the parkour capital of the world because number one they are um well they're pro- they're like the oldest uh or like one of the oldest communities in the world so not not older than france but pretty early on there was an established culture of parkour that sprung up it's particularly with the uh, Jump London and Jump Britain documentaries coming out, mm-hmm. um, which were produced for UK television. Yeah, and, and for those that don't know, listening, that, that dates back to uh, like 2002, 2003. Yeah. Is when, those, when those documents came out. And so by, by 2003, when you see Jump Britain, it seems like there's already a massive scene. Yeah. Because there was like urban free flow videos and stuff happening at that time. And it seemed like the scene was already massive. So the second thing there, so is the fact that there was, there's just insane spots there. So like the architecture in the UK is unmatched. I mean, like just well, watching, just watching Caveman 5 uh, a couple episodes back, like that's. I, like, I think it's matched in certain, definitely not in a America is it matched, but you could say maybe in parts of Spain or even just other parts yeah. of Europe in, in general, there's similar architecture. But I wonder what the difference in, is, the difference in privacy laws, but also how, how dense England is. Yeah. So 
so then the next thing actually is um, the teams and the the media that comes out mm-hmm. um, have that has come out since. So like Storer, Modus when they were a thing, and uh, Storm when they were a thing. Mm-hmm. So there's like all this like media that came out, and then the la- the final piece from my perspective, is actually just that it's an English-speaking country. English is the lingua franca around the world. So if you have a vlog that comes out from Storer, they have 7, 8 million subscribers. They're going to be seen by and understood by more people in the world than if... um, a non-English speaking channel is blowing up, like uh, Gangwizi, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I think English is, is a like as a language is playing a role in it, but also those other factors, like the fact that it's a super old scene and they have a ton of uh, great spots and architecture for parkour. Yeah, it also always just seems like the, and I just I think I just said it incorrectly just now so i'm gonna try to rephrase but like the public consequence of doing parkour at least in in england seems very different than what i've encountered here or or elsewhere in terms of what happens if you're caught by authorities i mean store face this head on all the time because they get arrested in other or kicked out of other (laughs) countries and cities right behaving like they seemingly like they would at home you know yeah yeah, I don't know if that's actually a case. Like this might be an exaggeration, and I don't know what the laws are. Someone had at one point told me in parkour that uh, liability laws are different. So that's like the one phrase or one word or one phrase we'll get in North America is we're doing parkour in like a common area, let's say. So it's it's you know it's private property, but we're in an area that's not like bothering anybody, and so seemingly should be okay. And a security guard will come out and say, you guys can't do this here. We're liable if anyone gets hurt. I was told, and someone could probably correct me or even you correct me right now, that that's not the case in in the UK, that they don't have the same, basically like, if you fall and hurt yourself, it's your fault. Yeah. But I don't don't know, I'm just just saying. I've heard the same, but I don't really know. I'm not a lawyer, so. (laughs) I'll have to look this up for next week or someone maybe can help us out in the comments of what liability laws are like in the UK. But even, I went, my first trip out there, I've only been twice, we're about about to go a third time, um, end of February. I'll be making one brief stop over there. Uh, But the last time I was was there was in 2014, and then before that was 2007. So like, basically I'm hitting these seven or eight or nine year, year gaps in between visits. But in 2007, I remember I went and I did a parkour generations class. Uh, I got a bunch of, uh, at the time, a bunch of starstruck feelings, meeting uh, Stefan Vigro and Forrest. And, you I know, have a very the, important question for you. The, okay, real quick. I did, so I did this class and that's actually the first time I heard it about the liability claim because we were out in what seemed like a very guerrilla style class, like just out in the you know town area doing parkour on on private property and like paying for it like a, a class and it seemed to be all okay and regulated by some sort of like government authority um so very different than 
anything that would exist in, in North America. What's your question? How many stairs did you crawl up backwards? <laughs> um, the conditioning element. So the class, <laughs> the, the, I, did two, I did two parkour generations classes. I did one in a gymnasium and that was an hour of basically like an aerobics class mm. led by Forrest and stuff where like we had to hold our arms up. Like we had to do a like limit push-ups and then hold our arms up like this and he's just shouting at you to like keep your arms up. And then the second hour of the class was like doing very, uh, very light parkour, we'll call it. Mm. And then from there, his, uh, it was, I was with uh, my friend Thomas and he said, oh, you guys tomorrow, you can go to the advanced, advanced class with Stefan. I was like, okay, sweet. We're gonna meet him, all right, awesome. He's gonna say, David, teach tut. And <laughs> uh, no, Stefan was very cool. Um, I had a great class with him. I came back actually from that trip uh, very motivated to like push my mental and parkour um, and some <laughs> some weird like just just basically throwing throwing at challenges because a lot of that class was just uh, I remember there was like a, a cat leap that we were just instructed arm to jump. arm yeah, yeah, to, to 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 go at um, in uh, in that class with uh, with Stefan it was pretty cool uh, so with Stefan not much um, not much of that. Oh, style okay. that you're referring okay. to we did i remember we ended the it was it was freaking cool man like i think i would still enjoy that the class that i did with stefan i think i would still enjoy today because we started like we did kind of like a follow leader style warm-up where we're trekking around did you wake up your touch yeah yeah definitely woke up the touch and and then we did like some hard mental challenges then we finish with this like long traverse and then um there was like a gap jump that he did at the end of it, which I was like, that's crazy. He must be like so fatigued or whatever. I was just so impressed at the time because my level was so much lower than his at the time too. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was a good time. I think, I, I don't think I would be able to do a class like that three times a week, you know, or four oh, times yeah, a week, yeah. but, but as like a once a week thing or a once every other week thing, just because of the amount of, um, the, the goal seemed to be at certain points during the class to fatigue you. Like to like we're gonna you know do this tra traverse until it feels like your arms fall off and then you're gonna climb up and rest and then keep going and stuff and it's gonna the wall's gonna get higher and higher and it's like oh cool it's really saying this mindset and I really think if um, you know one of the one of the hardest parts about progressing in parkour here is that a lot of people were always better than me so I've never been short of training partners that were better than me but only a little bit better than me. Until now, 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 you know, like, now everyone's like a lot better. But uh, I think just coming up when I was in basically the stage of like age 20 to age 30, when I can make like the most improvement, most of my training partners were like a bit better. You know, they weren't, they weren't achieving things that were like, like, you know, my, whereas that's how I felt in that session where like Stefan's level back in 2007 when I was probably like 20 and he's, he's maybe like late 20s or, or, or 30 and has already like a lifetime of parkour under his belt and he's doing gap jumps at height and all this stuff that I'm not even touching because I'm doing most of my parkour at ground level at that at that period. Uh, it was really cool and I, and I wish, um, you know, I had had a mentor or someone like that here at the time. Yeah. That's how it is. That's how it be. You have to, you have to be that mentor now. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, happens all the time. Um, 
Okay, so so just wanted to come back to England mm-hmm. as a hotbed. Yeah. Because, uh, like, as I mentioned already, Store is a big influence. They have a ton of subscribers. Mm-hmm. And they're an English-speaking vlog channel, basically. And they're introducing parkour every week to a new person, probably, right? Um, so they're probably being seen by new people all the time. I think that and and when i w- when i was there 2018 it was like anytime i was training in brighton there was probably there was somebody who came up and was are you guys store and it's like no 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 like oh that guy over there is part of store you know, <laughs> not not me uh so i think store's influence now they're not going to get less popular mm-hmm. they're going to continue getting more eyeballs on them Mm-hmm. And that's gonna feed back and influence the the younger generations of England to begin practicing, and then you're gonna get somebody in to parkour well, who's not, not just them, like Team Fat. Team Fat, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Got, what other teams exist got, outside of the UK? Right, like yeah. notable. I, mean, teams. I think I think Team Fat has three three guys on it that can do over eleven foot standing prees. Yeah. That's Definitely. messed up. That's yeah. messed up. Like that, <laughs> that there's that much power um, on one team, and they're still young, and they're still getting better, and they're st- and they're doing crazy like high up mental stuff, world's first things, or, or never been done stuff, you know, all the time. Yeah. And then uh, there's even and then what we talked about uh, who's, Verky, Ed Scott. Ver- yeah. Like what other vlogs are out there that the, are like the notable? Pariah Clan. Yep. Um, you have uh, and then we already said Joe Scandra. It's just. Yeah, and then we haven't. Um, we're not. We're not listing. We're not listing women here, and it's only just because I don't know exactly where all of them are from <laughs> all the time. But uh, there's. I mean, there's notable names there too. We can go on, and it just. It just seems like the rest of the world has so much catching up to do. And I just don't know what scene is going to have all the elements that we've listed that make it I, I i think like my answer to the question i think is that the the uk is always going to be the capital unless maybe something happens like culturally there like there's some sort of shift that you know because they were the first place too where uh towns tried to outlaw parkour yeah you know, it's true. too it's too popular we got to outlaw and so like if that sort of thing happens if there's like a but it doesn't seem to be you know they have parkour uk they have representation now they're getting organized so it seems less likely to happen yeah, I, I can't see England being passed by anywhere else mm-hmm. as the parkour capital of the world. Yeah. And now now specifically, it's like Brighton, right? Because mm-hmm. all of Storer has moved there. Mm-hmm. And that's like, like maybe, maybe London as well, but yeah, Brighton is like the place to be. Yeah. So one more topic. Yep. here if we can get onto this, this will be our final topic of the day is uh again we're talking about england but more so in a comparison to what we we're talking about earlier which was was the beans crew so how i want to set this up is another thought that occurred to me because we we just spent all this time in the last couple of weeks we talked we talked about beans talked about their style we talked about the style athlete we talked about being on the edge of the circle when it comes to parkour and i struggle to think of and we we had a bit of a brief 
try to attempt at a brainstorm on this earlier, and this is kind of a question for the audience, but I struggle to think of a pure style athlete in the UK. When I say pure style, I mean someone who is just has a trick, uh, trick, twist, flip, heavy style where that's kind of all they seem to do that trains out of the UK. So again, someone like a Jaden Harris, someone like a Twin Parkour, someone like a Josh Malone. Who's, Kalen Chan. Yeah, who's on the edge of this, where if we say like the center of the circle is you look at it and you're like, that's definitely parkour. It's definitely not gymnastics. It's definitely not tricking. It's definitely parkour. You got a lot of uh, what, our, what Dylan likes to call, shout out Dylan Poland, hybrid athletes. So like Ed Scott, uh, part of maybe what holds him back in the style realm is he's so good at, at his like traditional parkour. He's definitely like a hybrid. His lines, he mixes it all together very well. And because he spends so much time doing the traditional parkour, it's, it's maybe why he doesn't have the same types of progressions we're seeing with, with tricks. And so I guess, I guess my question is, is there, am, am I missing someone? Is there someone that, that is more of like yeah. a pure style or more trick focused athlete out of the UK? So we've, if, we, like we were coming up with names earlier. Hang right? on, second, second part of the question. Okay. And, and, if, and if there's not, then why is that? Yeah. So we were mentioning names earlier and it's like, okay, Ed Scott, not exactly... Like, but he's like a style athlete. Mm -hmm. uh, Verky, Kong gainers and like crazy, crazy flip stuff, but also very strong traditional parkour. Yeah. Joe Scandrit, mm -hmm. eh, kind of you know creative. Who I, do you know like, what I thought of too is the other Jaden. Yeah, I was Clark. gonna, I was gonna say Jaden Clark. But the thing but that, also the same thing though. Yeah. He's like also very like competent traditional parkour and and i think this is this is a really interesting thing is like i almost think that like people english people would be very proud or like people from the uk in general they'd be very proud mm -hmm. that like their style athletes mm -hmm. can stick a rail pre yeah i can you know? see i can see like a like a callum watching this and being like yeah that's right yeah we don't have people on the edge of the circle. We do, you know, we do parkour here. We do parkour here. in England. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I think that's I think that's cool. And actually, you said that you said that uh, Ed Scott, because he's a hybrid athlete, that kind of holds him back from progression. I actually disagree. I think that's a strength. Well, it's, I mean, I holds him back in terms of if you told, okay, so if you had a if you had a Jaden Harris, you had an Ed Scott, and you said, here's a green box and some grass, do your hardest shit. Yeah. Who would win that? Yeah, yeah. Pro probably Jaden Harris. Probably oh, Jaden Harris. Oh, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So, but but that's that's not what a parkour style comp. Like, l let's think of look at a style competition, mm -hmm. right? Like, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't sh be. Yeah, but <laughs> it definitely shouldn't be. But but hard traditional parkour should be incorporated into judging, just the same way that like unique creative ways of moving your body should be incorporated mm -hmm. into a style judging format. And so, so yeah, like it's a strength. It's, I think it's a strength of Ed's to be able to do like traditional parkour, especially uh, style lines that actually take him places and move throughout the, the space. Um, this is actually a, a point I brought up earlier re regarding beans is that I, I kind of understand after watching Homesick and kind of really like 
thinking about their style. I kind of understand why people, I'm not necessarily them in particular, but people who are like newer generation American style athletes, mm -hmm. why they might be upset that Ed Scott won SPL1. Is there some of that? Because I know you brought this up and I think Dylan had said something during like the SPL1 live stream that people were hating on Ed. And I, I just never saw any of these comments yeah. or anything. But I is think, that but is that true? Like, is that does that go on? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. For for sure, people are like critical of it, and it. I don't think it's. I think when you look at the objective material that was displayed in the competition, you ultimately conclude that Ed Scott wins. Mm -hmm. Um. At, did well, he do did he do the most innovative things? No. Did he do really difficult style lines and combos and 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 a big trick that was undeniably like hard? Mm -hmm. Yes, he did do those things. Was he the most consistent? Absolutely he was. So that's why I think objectively if you look at all the pieces that makes the argument for why Ed Scott should win, but I think there's a lot of there's a lot of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess tension mm -hmm. amongst some of the people who are uh, like really in the style game mm -hmm. of like, yeah, but there's nothing new or unique happening from Ed Scott right now. We're doing things that are, like Beans, for instance, is doing things that are like really full of style mm -hmm. and like really doing things that are outside of the norm, also hard, also interacting with the environment. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a, there, there's something bubbling up that people want to see a change in mm -hmm. the current style uh, reign. Yeah. And, and, and Ed won in 2019 and he won this past year. So yeah. I think people want to see it like, this old, they want to see the traditions broken. Mm -hmm. Two two things come to mind just as you're as you're talking there because you said okay so you said people want to see more of this and so I guess my question for them would be if you don't think Ed should have won, who who then who that that was at SPL one who who did better than him because I think what was missing and I, I actually feel like. Uh, judging always gets hated on a lot, and oh, yeah. and yeah, yeah. you know there were there no were, matter who wins, there's there were be a there were some hiccups and stuff during SPL one, uh, and you know we've taken some criticism for that and adjustments we made, and there's there's a bit more prep that needs to go in for for the competitions this year, which we're doing, but I, I will say that he 100 percent should have won, and in fact he should have won by a bigger margin, like he he didn't actually win by a big enough by a big enough margin, and it's because all the athletes that maybe were trying to push things differently messed up. They didn't perform. And so you can't, in a competition, a live competition where you got one shot to, to land something, except for a big trick where you got three, <laughs> but you got one shot at your line, you have to be able to absolutely nail your line. And he actually, his line didn't actually pan out as clean as he had planned Ed's. yeah his his ed's uh style line didn't plan out as clean as he had planned 
but he didn't mess up and he didn't he didn't miss any of his moves in it and he didn't miss any steps there were just a couple of things that like oh you know like he did a side to side side gap to side pre the rail and he kind of had to he probably slipped off the rail quicker than he had intended but like that's not the same as a lot of other stuff that we saw happen where people absolutely over or under rotated tricks and then had to like get up off their butt or yeah. off their knees so, to finish a line. I think a large like problem, and we've kind of identified this before, is that people think big people think that in style everything comes down to big trick. Like everything that happened before is thrown away and big trick is the only number that matters. Mm. And so it's it's like um, like in 2019, Max Antle came in second place, but he did the craziest thing we've ever seen, which is double side precision. And how did he lose to Ed Scott? Well, Ed had a stronger first two rounds, and he still had a pretty mm -hmm. strong big trick round. So his consistency held solid throughout the competition, and I think the same thing happened here. Kalen did a really innovative move that I've never seen before. And so did, uh, so did Jared Liddy. Mm -hmm. And I think people were like, look at the innovation that's happening here. Wait, what did Jared do that was innovative? Reverse giant, hand switch. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's No, not, it's innovative. I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard, but how, but how is that innovative? Because he's combining two things that seemingly shouldn't be able to be combined. It's the same thing like um, like way back in the day when Nate Weston did side pre bounce back double flyaway. Mm -hmm. It's like individually those skills have been done before, but at the time it was so it was revolutionary. It's like mm -hmm. whoa, he did side pre up there and bounce back into double flyaway. It was just like the these two things don't seem to fit together, and mm -hmm. they, he made them fit together. And I think the same thing with Jelly. Yeah, I, I think Ed because Ed did. Uh, cork pre yes and it, it like looked like he could have popped something out of it because he did it so well and i think what people miss is just how sketchy the approach for that like that's almost yep. like on us to on us and the commentators to capture what's what's going on for the setup but again it's like it's a move that everyone's seen that's right? that's my point right and it's not that it was not that it was way easier it's mm -hmm. not that it was like not a difficult skill. It was definitely a big trick. It's just, did it have the same level of innovation, advancement in the parkour world? And I think mm -hmm. people look at that and they say no, because, because Kalen's move was freaking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then so was Jared Liddy's move. So, but you have to remember big trick doesn't, or uh, style, the winner of style doesn't come down to just who wins big trick. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't. It should consider all three rounds throughout the whole competition. And that's kind of where I think there's a big misunderstanding. Yeah. I also think it's, it's just, uh, just to add to that too, it's, it's sport, right? It's sport parkour. And so the most innovative or creative in any sport doesn't necessarily win. It's that like it should but be, it should be part of scoring yeah it should be its own reward too but it, it, it there's other things that need to be factored in such as like did you complete it because because kaylin chan um some people thought he was scored too high for his i don't even know what to call it so it's like kong 
Kong like back tack gainer. Sure. This is a totally messed up move. And but but back like splat and the other thing is I think people are too hard on Kalen. Like I see both sides of it. I think people are too hard on Ed. I think Ed's incredible and people are, are too hard on him and I think it's just because he's at the top and you know it's everyone he's an easy target. Yep. And I think people are too hard on Kalen because he gets a lot of attention and his um his persona I think rubs people the wrong way, but like he's doing things that are absolutely incredible that no one else is doing. And that's just that's just one move. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, real quick, because we mentioned him, Jared Ludi, um, apparently retiring from style. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He put on Instagram. He said he said he is retiring from style competition to focus on speed, speed and skill. Um, and I don't know. I don't because it's it's interesting because I don't see him. I don't see him, uh, well, maybe, I, I actually, okay, so here's the thing. I just edited, and if people don't know this, Ludi had fastest overall time um, for speed. So he actually beat Brody Poston in fastest overall time. But because we go by rank point, which is we will always go by because it's the better way to go. We're not going to get into that today, but leave a comment if you want us to talk about rank point versus overall time in speed. But he had fastest overall time, which tells you that he is uh, he he's, he's gold medal material in speed. So I, I can see that being very much the way to go. I don't see him podiuming in skill. Um, and so I, I think he should be speed style. I don't think he should give up style. I think he's too good. I think he's too good. I think I think skill is probably the wrong way to go for him. Just from you know outside perspective of what goes into his training. I think for style he just makes some bad choices sometimes about what he should be doing. And I think if he learns to play the game a bit more, like an Ed Scott, he'd probably do a lot better. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this move because I mean he did so well in style this year. Mm-hmm. But I guess the I kind of understand it because if you look at what is his skill set, the majority, like every, pretty much everything he does includes some type of cast gainer variation or handstand mm. gainer or Kong gainer, right? So like, and those are all in super impressive hard moves. But if he needs, if he wants to do well in style, he needs to diversify out of just that mm. move. That doesn't mean yeah. stop doing it altogether, but that means developing other hard tricks or more unique ways of of moving and maybe hang out with beans. I don't know. Yeah, or even just dip into his his parkour foundation more. Because if he's a guy who's like, I have a really good, I'm a good skill athlete, I'm a good speed athlete. And I think he, I think he did. I think we we saw that a bit in camp. Talk about the flip, but I, I remember seeing him at Kings of the Concrete. So this is earlier in 2022, and it was the best style run. I, I told uh, Joey after that, I was like, "That's the best style run I saw." Um, I, I think he. Messed, I felt like his. I his... think maybe he messed up, but but he started off with like a you know like a high line like rail run type thing, and I just thought that was a good move because you're against all this opposition where no one else in in the, the lineup is going to do stuff like that, and so that's a way to set. Like I think he just I I would like to see him put some of the things he would do in speed runs into his style runs, like cover ground. You use all, because he's perfectly capable his, of covering ground his, like that. His line at SPL1 was mm. awesome. 
I thought that was the best I've ever I'm, seen. I'm, Jared. It's, it's uh, the, 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 the visual of it is escaping me at the moment. Okay. I remember pieces of it, but I thought that was his best personally. And I felt like, and I feel like he just needed to have a more consistent and more well-rounded combo round mm-hmm. for him to have won. Cause his, cause his big trick slapped mm-hmm. and his line was stellar but his mm-hmm. his combos just weren't uh done in a way that was yeah i i guess what i'm just trying to say is that he i think fell has fallen into the trap of trying to do what the other american style like big names so again Jaden harris Quint, twin park or kaylin chan he's trying to do what they're doing Seems like, I don't know if this is actually the case, seems like he's trying to do and comparing himself to how they're performing. And I think he needs to double down more on the other stuff he's good at, which is covering ground with more like traditional parkour, speedrun type stuff, because then he would he would have run a line more like more like an Ed Scott, but I think he has specialties in that realm that, that even Ed can't do. So you would have like a completely different line. But I think that's more if he does if he doesn't give up style. that's the type of performances I'd like to see instead of a collection of trick to trick to trick to trick. I'd like to see mix in, mix in more of the jumps and things that he's capable of. We'll see. We'll see what happens this year. Um, Don't quit, Jared. Well, (laughs) this, I mean, this year it sounds, if he's, if he's saying he's retiring, then it sounds like he's retiring. Nah, give me the triple podium. One more year. He's not going to try. I don't think anybody's going to be able to do it. That's my prediction. I don't think anybody will be able to triple podium uh, ever. Moody. He's he's probably the closest, but I don't think anybody's gonna be I able think, to triple podium. I think if he, I don't know. I I I, I think he he uh, he also has so much ability to perform without fatigue. Like same with Ed Scott. Like yeah, I think Ed Scott Ed Scott was gonna do skill, and they were just like, nah, I'm not gonna podium, so I'm not gonna bother. But I think if, if Ed was a bit more confident with his ability to podium, he'd probably try his hand at skill as well because he knows he has like the, the gas for it, at least. And I think Jared also does. I just think skill is probably the furthest podium away for him, whereas he, he, speed, he's definitely in there. And style, he, 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 he did, was in there, and he, he, and he, he definitely could stay the, in He there. podiumed in both mm-hmm. this last year. So, mm-hmm. whoo, I don't know. We'll see. I think uh, right we comps. should... Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Ready for it. Looking like an exciting year. Um, Okay, I think we call it there. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to STS. Remember to please drop us a like, leave us a comment, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already, and we will see you next week.